The Fujicast is an independent loading zone production. Kev, we did total disservice to us in a commercial sense last week when we uh, really didn't... We made a bit of a hash job uh, uh, talking about our, our wonderful course that's coming up on the 20th of July. We did. In Amersham. So we should set the, set the, set the um, thingy straight, whatever the phrase is. We are going to have a ball of a time on the 20th of July. Um, it's, it's our, it's, we're kind of, it's our first sort of foray back into the normal world, isn't it, Kev? We're training. We in are. In front of people. Yes. Yeah. It'll be a fun workshop. Yeah. Um, us two doing our thing. Uh, you lot watching us do our thing. Uh, if you come yeah it's, it's good and, and uh, Amersham's really set up for it's a nice big place so it is a really, space. Yeah, it's good like that isn't it uh, it was put on a good spread of food as well not that that's the reason why you should ever come to one of these lunch things. provided yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's no good it's good so we're going to do uh, Neil will be concentrating yeah. I think when we've done these things in the past generally I typically do the morning you typically do the afternoon but it doesn't have to be that way, and so it's not it's not kind of diving in and out. It's a it's a half a day with with my stuff and half a day with Neil's stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you wanna if you wanna talk about if you wanna kind of get a little bit of inspiration about storytelling, photography, um, uh, the audio side of things from Neil's point of view, photo films, um, stuff like that. Really going to get go in deep with the photo films this time. I've got a few new little tricks up my sleeve for twenty twenty one, cool twenty twenty two as well. Yeah, so, uh, that's what we. So twentieth of July, and how can we go, Kev? If we want to go, where do we sign? Go to kevinmunninsworkshops.co.uk and look for the picture of me and Neil. Right. And then click sign up. And hopefully that won't put you off. The Fujicast. <laughs> oh, Kev obviously still has his dashingly good Hollywood uh, looks. Um, and then there's me. We were talking last... Do you remember last week we were talking about not liking pictures of yourself? Th- yeah. This is the only picture I really like of myself, that one, which Giles took. But it's because I'm a silhouette. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of... So- that, I can't... This uh, one. Yeah, I can't. It reminds me of a famous picture. Does it? I can't quite place it now. Oh. I have a, a famous picture of a famous person, oh, which right. I suppose you are. Well, not at all. Anyway, welcome to the Fuji Cast. You, your questions from our, from our electronic mailbag, and of course, also through the Fuji Cast private Facebook group that you're very welcome to become a part of. If you'd like to send a mail through, we always give the email address, which is click at fujicast.co.uk. We are actually, and every so often we go through a bit of a, a bit of a sort of messages and question drought, don't we? Um, yeah. So we could we could do with a topping up, as it were. Yeah, yeah. We need some more in the Facebook group and some more emails. Also, otherwise we'll have to do that thing that we used to do. What was that? You know that thing we didn't we didn't tell them about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we don't want to do that. Yeah. Right. So start start penning them in, please. And actually, we we've um, we've had some good ones that are business related. I mean, last week it was. Um, Oh, James Sauls, who talked to us mm-hmm. about uh, email, wasn't it? I thought that was a really interesting and um, yeah. very important uh, topic that we, we discussed. So anything like that. Thank you to our friends who've joined us on Patreon. There's Kev's book of the week this week. What do we have, Kev? Stags, Hens and Bunnies. Ooh. A Blackpool story. Who's this one by? Doogie Wallace. Oh, it's Doogie Wallace. Of course it is. We met Doogie, didn't we? Did. We Yeah. We did. Yeah. On the, uh, that was in Croydon. It was. What does uh, what does our friend call it? It doesn't call. Um, what does he call it? Not Croydon. He calls it um, Croydon Riviera. No, uh, South London. The Cronks. The Cronks. The Cronks. The Cronks. South London Cronks. The Cronks. <laughs> and this week we're going to be talking to another one of our friends of the show. It's going to be Dennis Skyam with. Uh, a story of um, delete. Well, many stories, but one of them is uh, de- deleting one hundred thousand Instagram subs on purpose. Right? Questions. Who's who's going first, Kev? Who's going first? I got one. Go on. It's from John Wayne. No. Yeah. Any tips for taking portraits of family members who are reluctant and get bored after the first one two hundred fiftieth of a second? <laughs> they also get annoyed if constantly have a camera in hand waiting for a documentary moment. Thanks. Yeah. John Wayne. John Wayne. Well, you're you're the past master of this. Actually, as the kids have got older, it's got harder to t- to, to take yep. pictures. Absolutely. Certainly, um, you know, once upon a time they'd be reasonably indifferent to a camera coming out, but now um, now they all sort of they they turn and do the pose, or they do the oh, not now, Dad. Yep. I'm playing, you know, Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I get it from Albie. I usually get. Oh, what are you going to do with that, Dad? Put it on Facebook. You're going to sell it to Fujifilm. <laughs> Uh, is he angling to get money out of this then no I, don't I think thought so. for a minute are you selling it to Fujifilm what's my cut dad he's just being a git <laughs> uh, yeah it is much more difficult mm. um, 
But it, this all comes down to what we were talking about also last week about most people actually don't really like having their picture taken these days. No. In the old days, in the old days, you know, even even kind of as as, as near history as like the nineties, yeah. uh, somebody taking your picture was was quite a. Um, you know, an event. Mm. You might have your picture taken on holiday or whatever, but now with mobile phones and Instagram and everything, you know, I think people have become a bit tired of of the constant, constant uh, photograph-taking element of things. So it it, it has become a challenge. And you know what I do, uh, John, with my family, is I just tell them, tough. Oh, do you? Yeah, I just say... Tough it out, kids. I'm uh, doing it anyway. Yeah, well, I just carry on, you know, with the documentary stuff. I just carry on and just do my thing. There are a couple of ongoing test cases, really interesting. I read them a couple of weeks ago, of children who have now grown up and saying, you didn't ask my permission to make these pictures. Oh, for (laughs) sake. (laughs) I'm not suggesting it's going to happen everywhere, Kev, but it's quite an interesting test case. No, oh, don't. I'm not even. That's very depressing. Is it very, very? Yeah, well, depressing. it is. Yeah, I don't know why I'm saying. Is it? It is. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awful. Because awful. then you know we would never have had any family albums across no. time, whether it was taken with a Kodak Instamatic exactly. or an iPhone. Yeah, you arrogant little sh. You, you honestly, that makes me really not you. That makes me so angry because you know what happens when your kids, their kids, have got kids and yeah. they want to look at the pictures of what you look like when you were a kid, but you were too arrogant and, and self-obsessed, vanity-wise. Mm. Um, right. Uh, have you ever thought about going on a judging panel? Kev? That's really made. That's really made me angry. <laughs> but it's a true story. Kev. I agree. I believe you. I, that, I absolutely have zero doubt that it's a true story. It just yeah. Mm. It hasn't made you happier. No. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> Should we go back to talking about dead dogs like we did last week? <laughs> yeah. That's far more cheery. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah. But you are right. It is. It is. Um, I suppose as they as they get older. Um, they do become more aware, more self-aware. Yeah. So that, but, but that's just a that's just a, an aging thing anyway. I don't think it makes any difference whether it's a no, this absolutely. age or nineteen seventies. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There's some wonderful projects out there that I've spoken with um, with uh, authors of re- recently um, on, on the Photography Daily podcast, where people have have across twenty five, thirty years. And there's a w- wonderful one where the pictures were taken of um, her mother and father waving goodbye. Yeah. Um, every single day at the, mm. at the at the top of the drive. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. Ma- made it. Oh, just glorious. I, I had I had a conversation with somebody also. Deanna Dykeman, That was it. Deanna Dykeman, She made that project. Um, and he he was saying that um, you know, he has real problems. He's he, in his community and in his friendship group. He is the photographer, right? He's got a camera. Um, so he's never in them. Well, that, yeah, he's never in them. But that's that's not the problem he was talking about. It's it's like whenever they go, if they go to the pub or something mm. like that, and he takes his camera. Yeah. Uh, everybody's like, oh, don't you know? I'm not, you know, don't, just, just just don't. Yeah. And, and the conversation we had was like, you know, if you look at all the, the books and things like that that we talk about and what have you, especially the ones from uh, you know the older days. Um, how did they get away with you know going to these parties, going to yeah. these events, and people? Uh, having the pictures taken and it's it's literally um, you know David Hearn said it he said uh, actually or maybe it was Daniel Meadows said uh, you know it, because it was a novelty mm. it was a novelty then and now it's it's not um, and it should be a novelty still but you, you know it is that's why it's more challenging really difficult it's challenging but not, not impossible no no absolutely no. yeah you just crack on with it I mean yeah. I I have to admit I sometimes think you know when I go to the you know I went to the pub last night with the, with the boys um there was me, Big Nick. Here we go. Here come all the uh, names. DIY Dave. <laughs> yeah. uh, 50s post, John, post, wasn't it? Postman Matt post, was postman there. Postman Matt, yeah, good. The, the Pink Flash was there. Pink Flash. Um, you know, and I'd love to take <laughs> my say camera. W- when you went to the pub, it's the pub in the back garden, isn't it? Uh, no. Oh, the actual... No, you can yeah. go to the actual pub now, can't you? Yeah, so It's the back sat, garden in the pub. So outside the King's Arms. The proper pub. Yeah, yeah. Real pub. Real pub pub. Mm, pub pub. Um, yeah, so... But, you know, I'd love to take my camera all the time mm. to those things and stuff because mm. we have a good time. But... You know, I just don't because I know that ultimately it's yeah. it's a chore for them. You know, well, it's all right at the start of the evening. Then later on, it becomes evidence collection. <laughs> perhaps is that what you're saying? Uh, I take it occasionally. You know, yeah. and, I, and whenever we do our days out, you know, we we which when we go to the rugby or we go to the racing or something. Definitely you know, with the race. You know, when, when, when all over, that. yeah, going to the races. That, yeah. That's that's produced you loads of cracking stories, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, here's a very strange question. Howling Bassett has almost got a, uh, a, a he's almost got a, a part of the show that's dedicated to him. We should actually if we had a howl um, as a jingle, I might have to try and find one. Howl? How, howling Bassett. Yada yada question yada. 
If you were, you'll love this, Kev, it's left field. If you were asked to shoot a naturist wedding and had to do it in the buff, would you? Also, <laughs> what camera would you use to cover your modesty? Um, an X70 for me. It's a winter <laughs> wedding. Okay. <laughs> from Howling Bassett. Uh, Are we taking pictures of each other? In which case, Kev, I'll pack a macro for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd do it. Would you? Would yeah. you? Oh, but you wouldn't get undressed for it, would you? Would yeah, you? Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I would. As long oh. as, you know, everybody else was. Would you leave anything on, like your socks? We're, we're born <laughs> naked. We die naked. Well. Everything in the middle is just made up. Right. Um, yeah, I would do it. I keep Dalai Lama. I, 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 <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, probably more like Yoda. <laughs> I I I, uh, I very much doubt that that would ever come up. And should it do, do come up, I yeah. think I would probably have to think very hard. Get, I, I'm more kind of uh, bravo about it at the minute. Yeah. But um, yeah, I like to think I would. Yeah. Would you? Uh, well, we uh, when I saw this question the other day, I, I discussed this with Sam. And we had a good old laugh about it, and I said, "Yeah, but you know." Obviously, your camera straps might chafe a bit. I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. I don't. I don't. I don't know if I feel that confident in my body to do it. Oh no, I don't either. But then nobody else would be. You know, it would be. Yeah, we're just be... our luck to end up at some sort of <laughs> supermodels. Supermodels. Thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then I wish I had my Columbo suit yeah. with me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, there's a lot of permutations, isn't it? But yeah, I'd like to think that. I tell you I what, would... I couldn't do with this, Kev. I couldn't do this as a, a double shooting job with no, you. No, 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 no. I did. Oh, no, that's uh, my, okay. thought, my thought process is going way Can you imagine the climb? Have you got somebody that can um, uh, can, can uh, shoot this with you? Oh, yeah. Um, or maybe not. Um, see, now this, uh, actually, here, here's a moral dilemma here. This could be just me being a bit old-fashioned. But um, assistant-wise, uh, could you take a, 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 mem- a member of the opposite sex with you to uh, shoot? As your as your You're second, making this very 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 well, I'm complicated. Just, I'm, I'm, but, but you know, Howling Bassett asked the question. I'm just off, yeah. offering up a couple of don't know different scenarios. Don't know, <laughs> don't know. I'm now thinking though who I would like to take with me. <laughs> uh, Obviously, that being it, Gemma, it wouldn't be Sanjay. Definitely <laughs> wouldn't be Sanjay. Oh, I couldn't stand next to Sanjay. No, no, no. I did. I did a wedding dressed as a crocodile once. It was a fancy you? dress wedding. Yeah, no. dressed, I had a full-on crocodile suit. Yeah. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. And, well, that made me a snapper. Oh, God. No, Kev. it's a true story. No. That's a true story. It's a true story. Mm. Yeah. Everybody had to come as a... As, well, I got it a little bit wrong. Did you? Because it was meant to be a farmyard animal. I didn't read that bit. I just read animals. So <laughs> it's a crocodile. <laughs> well, they, they do have... Um, Crocodile farms in yeah, places, there you you go, know, alligator farms and stuff in, in America. So there we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in Oxford University, <laughs> in one that, of the one of the posh universities. That was very, very um, clever question, Howling Bassett. Yeah, I can't like wait that. for next week's instalment. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, there we go. Now we've we've set you up, Howling. You've got you've got to send us one like that every single week now. Not necessarily about being unclothed. Your question, Kev. Uh, okay, I've got one from a uh, technical one, too, t- totally different from Kant Rathood. Says, uh, not sure if this has been mentioned already, but do you mm. think Fujifilm will produce fully manual focus lenses? Mm. Hmm. Uh, Why would they want to do that? Well, I mean, for filming. Yeah, but you can make the decision whether you want to work manual or not. Yeah, true. Yeah, I'm not sure really. I mean, I mean, I could see, I could see the point of having t-stop lenses, a range of the, t-stops, which they do. I suppose, I suppose, in in Kant's probably mind is thinking that they would be cheaper. Ah, if there's no AF mechanisms, all in comes them. down to the dollar. Yeah, so, mm, no, I wouldn't have thought so. Although you can probably get legacy Fujinon lenses from, from back in the day that yeah. would be manual focus. Um, yeah, doubt it. There's, there, but there are plenty of manual focus lenses out there, third-party ones that you can... Yeah. We were talking about Viltrox recently, weren't we? Viltrox, yeah. Although mm. now they've opened up the technology, so even these third-party lenses did, can have autofocus. Did, did Fujifilm open up that technology? Or? Well, they would have. They right. would have enabled the the yeah the, the whatever the API connections mechanisms, yeah. whatever they would have published it, publicised it. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is quite a long question, so dig in, everyone. It's from Ronan Palliser, who, uh, who's, who's an ex-photographer, actually, isn't he? Official Fuji ex-photographer. Yeah. Catching up with uh, episode 177, uh, you were discussing buttonholes and what side is what. There's an easy way to remember, women are always right. On the right-hand side. Oh, yes. I was trying to get my head around that. Yes. 
I thought I could see a sort of veil of confusion. I uh, so I got in trouble for that one again. You did, yeah. Somebody you was, was like, "How can you not know that?" Mm. Uh, yeah, because I didn't know. So men, well, on the, men on the left, women on the right. Well, I'll always remember that now. Mm. But then also, hey, that can become a little bit confusing if you know if it's a gay man, for example, you might not. You right. might want it on the right. I don't know. I don't know. This is why I don't get involved in these conversations. You see, that's it. I'm like, <laughs> no, it's far too complicated. You stick your buttonhole wherever you want, mate. At the um, at the naked wedding that we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> where does the button hole where's go? the carnation going <laughs> oh right uh where were we in this email oh yes while while i have you not a question as much as something that that might be of interest i've recently upgraded to a gfx 100s oh lucky you i've used a gfx 50s which i loved in terms of image quality which is the one you have i've got the gfx 100 mm. Yeah. 100s absolute delight mm. really responsive and i've been using it with the uh, gf 50 mil 3.5 pancake lens is it pancake nothing, well, nothing's pancake there, he, is it? he has put pancake in inverted quotes it is mm. it is meant to be pan it, well basically it's quite it's smaller than all the rest yeah. but you wouldn't doesn't make it pancake no <laughs> and uh the 110 mil f2 mm. uh, are they are these lenses you're familiar with yeah i have both of those you, you both of those right mm -hmm. I shot a wedding recently and used it alongside an X-T4 and it performed exceptionally well. The file size, bit of a killer. I'd love to see with the likes of uh, Rawsy, um, which can downsize raw files, support it. But it kept up with the pace of a wedding day without missing a beat because that was always the thing, wasn't it, that a GFX mm -hmm. would not be the perfect beast mm -hmm. for a wedding. Oh, it depends what style you shoot the wedding in, of course. Yeah. 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 Size difference, noticeable. Uh, it took everything I threw at it, so much so I found myself thinking I'd happily shoot weddings with two GFX 100Ss, <laughs> which is, of course, absolutely bonkers. Well, not necessarily bonkers, but absolutely more expensive. I'm definitely considering if I need two X-T4s for weddings or if an X-T4 stroke GFX 100S as a combination, I suppose, is, is the way to go. What do you think, Kev? Yeah, it does come down to style, uh, ultimately. So the, the GFX 100S is the new one, which has the new fancy autofocus yeah. and everything. However, they have just announced, it's not out yet, but they have just announced the GFX 100, which is the big brother, if you like, mm. um, but came out earlier, will be will have a firmware upgrade to upgrade it to the same AF as the uh, 100S. And I've, I've not used the GFX 100S, but I've only read really good things about it. Right. However, as with all these medium format cameras, they're big and they're heavy. Yes. And regardless... Regardless what you think, they're bigger and heavier than GF, uh, than XT4s, X Pros, X100s, etc. So you know the whole mentality. When I switched from Canon to Fujifilm all those years ago, it was because I didn't want to use big, heavy cameras at weddings. So um, you know I wouldn't. I can see a place for people who are happy, you know, with the bigger cameras, certainly for more editorial style photographers. But for my photojournalistic style work, I want as small as possible and as fast as possible. Yeah. That doesn't mean that everybody else would th feel the same way, of course. But for me, definitely... It might be because you've got in, into a system and now you really like the um, the, the Fujifilm system and you want to yeah, stay within an eco, eco, ecosphere? Ecosystem? Eco, eco, ecosystem? Yeah. Eco-something. Eco but ultimately... Eco-setting. Almost <laughs> everybody who moved to mirrorless yes. moved because of size. Mm. Um you know, and as we found out at the, Are we back on the, the naked, naked wedding, the naked size matters. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered if you were going there. Uh, <laughs> boom, boom. Uh, yeah, so I, I personally wouldn't. However, um, like, now Ronan's work is is a mixture, I think, of, of kind of um, documentary yeah. and, and kind of portraiture type stuff. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, it's suited and, and go for it. And, you know, the other thing with the, the more expensive, although the GFX 100S is not expensive. It's half the price of the GFX So what is the price? Oh, I don't know, but it was. I think it was about four nine nine or something when it was released. I, I'm not hundred percent sure. Four nine nine nine. Yeah, I was going to say, hang on a minute. Four nine 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 dot nine nine nine. Yeah. Um, so about five. It's a five K camera. Yeah. Whereas the GFX one hundred was ten K. Yes. So, uh, you you know, it's within your budgets. Go for it. But then, of course, you know, you've got to start thinking about two cameras is not enough for me at a wedding if you go yeah. you need backup cameras and all those kind of things and you know you're suddenly thinking insurance and all oh, your yes yeah it's pricey yeah and on that note by the way uh, do remember when you start shooting again make sure your insurance is up to date yeah that's true i forgot about that because i had a, a dookie um 
Did you? Lowered this, this morning. <laughs> I did a dookie this morning. They lowered <laughs> they lowered my um, premium. Did they? Yeah. Oh wow. And they said you, you know, it's your responsibility to let us know when you're back in the saddle. Yeah. Uh, I'm still paying a premium, but it's like half. I didn't. They didn't. Mine wasn't. I'm with a, a dookie. That didn't happen to me. Yeah. They they emailed me. What? Yeah. Thanks, a dookie. <laughs> right. They cre- did say don't don't tell Neil. <laughs> did they? Is that a policy? Your turn. Uh, this is from uh, John Almonte. Right. Uh, this is the man from Al Monte. <laughs> yeah, what do you think about photography monitors? Are they worth the cost if you don't print a lot? Currently mm. looking at the BenQ SW271 and the PD2700U. This is the 271. Which is half the cost. This one here. That very plasticky one. sounding thing. Yeah, that doesn't sound very premium, that. <laughs> what do you... So, um, if you're not printing a lot, yes. are these monitors worth it? Well, That's I think so question. for the colour calibration. Yes, it is. Of course it is. Because you're going to see a much... I mean, well, I can see a real difference. I've got an, uh, an iMac screen over here and the uh, the BenQ here. And honestly, it is chalk and cheese difference. There's, you can't, can't compare it. These flat screen iMac things, they're great, but they've never been great for colour. Um, whereas BenQ, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I think- know what, what I'm putting out is going to be right. I think that if you are, even if you're not printing, you're sending those images to people yeah. who want to see them in the best quality. Absolutely. Yeah. So spend a bit. Um, the BenQ stuff is good. ISOs obviously are very good. A lot more expensive. Um, Dell, Dell do their um, ultra sharps. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm in the market for a new monitor at the minute actually. So well, I'm, what happened I'm to your looking. one in the end? Uh, well, I've got two. I've got two BenQs, yeah. and one of them's fine, but it's in Arby's bedroom. Um, oh, so he didn't end up losing his monitor. No, I couldn't do that to him. Bless uh-huh. him, um, little kid. And and so my other one is, uh, yeah, it's taken a, a, a bit of a knock. So I'm I need to get a new one. Yeah, I'm actually thinking. I'm thinking about the, the new Dell, forty inch widescreen. That's huge. Yeah, but it's wide. Right. It's like one of those bendy ones. But it's meant to be. Oh, very, Jack very good. has a bendy screen thing. Mm. It's weird, weird to look at it when it's. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking about that. Anyway, we'll see. Yeah. Um, it's not a priority at the minute. No. David Hollenbach, primarily for Neil, this one. Ah. Oh. Um. <laughs> Don't seem too disappointed. No, no, I always worry. Because <laughs> if it's a technical one, I'm stumped. <laughs> because uh, I know he has a relationship with MPB.com, of course, through the other, other podcasts. Yeah. While listening to a recent Fujicast, it occurred to me that uh, Neil may, may be in a unique position to get some actual hard data on boxes. We're back on Boxgate. <laughs> My thought was that MPB could offer their insight on the usefulness of photo equipment boxes and whether or not equipment arriving in the original box results in a higher price paid out to the sender. Is there a difference to them with or without the original boxes? Getting this info from MPB will be quite a public service. Well, I can say this. I'm going down to MPB because it's in Brighton. I'm further north of it to go do a special programme thing about MPB and do a film, actually. Um, But I, I know through having bought through them um, that the box is never ever mentioned, and I have paid. Um, if, if you look at, you know, let's say a, an excellent quality XT3 uh, will be the same price in the, the the Fujifilm box as it will be in, in the MPB box. It's about what's inside that box. It's about the quality and the the condition of the camera, which they're very very good at grading there. Uh, full disclosure here, he says, I keep my boxes. At the very least, they'll be useful for packing up the equipment and sending it off when I sell or otherwise ship equipment. I'm also an Apple user. I definitely keep those boxes. Beautifully designed. See, now, mm, see, Kev, now I'm falling out here. Not with David. David, I'd never fall out with you, but I wouldn't keep an Apple box just because it's beautifully designed. Though, I agree it is. Have you ever kept any box? Yeah, I have got I've got my original X100 box. Um... And I do typically... You box holder, you. If I've got, uh, like, a new lens or anything, I'll keep it for a few months, yeah. you know, in case it needs to go back. But but no, other than that, I get rid of them, yeah. and, and that's all I'm saying on the matter. No comment. I'm taking the Third Amendment. Third Amendment? Or whatever it's called. <laughs> all right. I, I think bo- Boxgate, I, I noticed the other day that uh, the divider gate was was, was, was starting up. There's always there's always uh, there's always one gate, isn't there? There's always one gate to happen. Have you got time for another? No, I think we'll go into. But here's the thing: Apple boxes very good on bonfires. Are they? Yeah, burn, 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 great. 
we did a bit of box diving a couple of when we were in only in loading in the gardens box diving box diving we've not that? done box diving in what during lockdown no it's when you're in a garden in the in in uh, your friend's garden and you jump on boxes um we were where were we oh we were in my back garden so right. my, we we've allocated all the houses pub names so i'm the dragon and two dogs I yeah <laughs> the dragon and two dogs dragon and two dogs and we'd run out of fire wood does Gemma know does Gemma know about this title oh no Gemma knows Gemma shh so we'd run out of wood and it was getting cold yes um, we're all sat outside six of us yeah and so we went round all the bins in the neighbourhood because wow. it was recycling day the next day. Yeah. Loads of cardboard, loads, brilliant. We had, we had, we had, we could burn a fire for days after that. Mm. Apple boxes, found a couple of them. IMAX, um, chucked them on there. They burnt really well. Do they? Yeah. You're really not supposed good. to have bonfires in your back garden, isn't there a law against it? Not during lockdown. You can do what you want. <laughs> I'm not quite sure that was the law of the land. Yeah, it's a Malmesbury rule. Right. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, it's only a, a little little bonfire, you know, one of those ones that warms your cockles. I could just imagine the six of you sat around this thing, or however many of you there were. What's a legal? What's a legal tender on that one? I actually, I can't. Even, I don't even. We weren't at mine actually. I think we we're at the Pink Flashes. Yeah. And what is that? What his? What's his pub called? Uh oh. Uh, well, hopefully his wife doesn't listen to this. Right. Um, but his his is called the Dead Lady. Oh. Not because of his wife. <laughs> God. Because there was a, a his house. Oh, built. it's haunted. It's no, a haunted house. No, not really. But oh. his, his 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 house is um, built where something happened a long time ago. Oh, yeah, right. We we'll just leave it there. Move on. Any other pub names that will quickly make us forget about that one? Uh, no, not really. What's, okay. post, what's Postman Matt's? Oh, his oh, is his is called the um, Postbox. Oh, well, there we go. It's yeah, obvious. He's in the post box. Right. Um, we'll come back to more of your questions in the book very shortly. Let's let's meet another friend of the show. This week, Kev is talking to the multi-talented Dennis Skyam. I've been looking through your website, and uh, there's some amazing stuff on there. And before we get into any of the kind of nitty-gritty, I was looking at the projects, and the one that really, really jumped out, I mean, they're all brilliant, but I was really intrigued by the ink project which mm-hmm. seems to be close-ups of newspapers. Well, what's that all about? Yeah, it was this, uh, I, I used to, to work uh, with printing, uh, but it was mostly like um, boxes for products and whatnot. But uh, um, when we did that, we were very keen on what sort of printer it was because they, you know, the, the dots in the paper are different from printer to printer. And then there's one day I happened to have three newspapers lying around and I took a closer look at the front pages and I could see these little minute changes. And I just thought these patterns are really, really interesting. And at that point, I happened to also have a macro lens in the cupboard that I never used for anything. So I seized on the opportunity. And uh, after I got the first few shots, I was like, I think there's something here. Yeah, it's really, it's fascinating, actually. But I noticed you said that uh, it's on pause because the the current system you've got you don't have a uh, a macro lens. Yeah, I've switched uh, to Fuji since then, and I don't have a macro lens for that system yet. Um, the staircases project as well is amazing. It's uh, these are beautiful places that you're managing to to visit. It's, it, with the staircase stuff, is that um, pre-planned? Do you know about these places before you go, or is it just places you stumbled across? It's a bit of a mix. Uh, it, it all started uh, by chance because I, I noticed that a lot of these places I went to because uh, I've always been very interested in the architecture here in Copenhagen. So I used to, to go a lot of these places, see these staircases, and I would always take a picture because I, I loved the geometry of it. And when I, I had a sort of a, a volume of work there, then I started to, to plan it a bit more and actually look around for them. And it, it seems that there's this a little uh, subculture of photographers in Copenhagen who are just mad about spiral staircases. So uh, I, I pinged them and they were happy to give me some tips. Yeah, yeah, no, it's incredible. So what's your, briefly, what's your um, story? How did, how did photography enter your life? Well, it ended uh, through uh, a friend of mine uh, who were in an art group with me. Uh, it was way, very back when, uh, when I was uh, younger and fitter. Uh, we used to, uh, to be part of the demo scene where we did graphics and music for uh, these demos and installers. Um, and I fell into sort of making 3D graphics and it was all in abstracts, like really funky stuff. And then the, this one guy in the group, he started doing something similar, but with photography. So he would go into the Oslo underground and take photos of 
uh, escalators, elevators, and twist them into these really intricate patterns that I just found absolutely fascinating. And I like that you could go out into the real world and get sort of the same sort of abstract uh, images that I was creating from scratch in 3D. So I bought a camera and I went out and started doing the same thing. You can see, I think, looking through the photography, that the kind of graphical, uh, graphic artist kind of background definitely comes through in the photography as well. Um, yeah, I think so too. I mean, I'm very keen on shapes and geometry and color. Mm. Uh, so, so that's sort of where my interests lie. And now I've started to explore black and white a bit more because I think it's quite challenging that once you remove the color element, you have to think completely different. Yeah, absolutely. Quite right. Um, so w which cameras are you using then at the moment? Uh, at the moment, I'm shooting on an X-T3 and I would be shooting on an X-Pro2 as well if I ever get it back from Fujifilm Repair. Oh dear, what's happened to it? Uh, I sent it to Fujifilm 115 days ago uh, and I still haven't gotten it back. I wonder where it goes. I wonder. I don't know if they come to the UK because I know that. Oh, they do come to the UK. So it's yeah. it's a mixture of Brexit and COVID and all this. Yeah. Oh dear. Oh, well, hopefully. So I'll have to steal myself a patient. But in the meantime, I bought a, a new everyday camera. So now I carry around a Ricoh GR3, which is quite fun to shoot with. Yeah, nice little camera that, especially for kind of street stuff. Um, okay, so I'm intrigued by this. Uh, your Instagram story. Um, hmm. 120,000 plus followers that you you deleted. What, what happened there? Yeah, well, I got in early on, on Instagram. It was back when Facebook hadn't gotten their grubby hands on it yet. And it was a, a totally different place back then. Uh, they had this thing where they had a curation team uh, that every month or so would go through the user base and pick out, I think it was 15 photographers uh, that they would then exposed to the entire uh, user base. So you could go from having uh, 100 followers one day, then you got picked for the suggested user pool and you would have 50,000 followers in two days. Wow. So it grew exponentially and uh, it, it was interesting. I, I mean, I got a lot of fun stuff of, uh, because of that. I mean, back when influencer marketing was just in its infancy, that, you know, they, these companies, they didn't know what they were getting out of it. There were no way to track any KPIs or anything. So they just threw money at it. So I, I've been to the Eastern Czech Republic at a music festival, all expenses paid. I've been to an, uh, a luxury ski trip in Austria with Lufthansa, all expenses paid. And all I had to do was take some photos and put them up on my Instagram <laughs> profile, which I was doing anyway. So why, why, the, uh, why the removal? Why the... Kind of well, it, it comes down to that. I think that we all like to tell ourselves that we're shooting just for us and it's our own sort of a taste and creativity that drive what we do. But I could definitely feel that uh, that wasn't the case anymore because once you've had that dopamine hit of having put up a picture that gets 10,000 likes, you start to crave that again and again. And when you start to veer off the beaten path and experiment with other styles or different compositions or whatever, it, it doesn't trigger uh, your audience in the same way. So then you would have 2000 likes and then you start thinking, okay, but well, I, I want the 10,000 likes, what do I got to do? And then you get into this one track creative rut and I could just feel myself being caught in that. So I, I took a cold turkey and deleted the profile and stayed off Instagram for a year. This is, it fascinates me this because, you know, these days everybody, well, not everybody, but lots of people think that the more you have the followers, the mm -hmm. better it is, et cetera. Uh, and you're right. It is a, it's a, uh, it's a spiral, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a decreasing circle. And uh, I mean, my relationship with Instagram is, is healthy. I think in that I just post what I want and I post what I want and, you know, I interact mm -hmm. with it as much as I can. Um, but for others, it's, you know, it really is a case of, oh, I must get more likes, I must get more likes, I must get more yeah. likes. And I just don't understand that. I really don't understand that. that no, way. and I could feel myself getting caught in that sort of funnel. And I, I knew the only way to get out of it was to just, you know, cut it completely off. Mm. Uh, so I, I really sort of uh, spend a year finding out, you know, if, if I'm shooting for me, what should I be shooting? And um, I've pretty much only been been sharing uh, in the close groups like the Fujicast group. And then I think it's uh, maybe a year ago again, I started up a new Instagram profile where I, I'm trying not to fall into the same trap again. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it can be tricky, I guess. And you know, your pictures really are very beautiful. So, you know, the, you will get a substantial amount of good likes, obviously, but without that kind of that ego trip that goes with it, I suppose. Is, uh, yeah, exactly. Ego is the enemy. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, competition, this capture your city competition. You're you you've been so good at it. They now ask you to judge it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they got sick of me uh, winning. So that's one way to get rid of me. Uh, so yeah, we uh, we met for the first time yesterday and, and looked through the, uh, the the pool of submitted pictures. So we've gone from four thousand two hundred submissions and have caught it down to two hundred and eighty photos. Man. So we I'm, have to I'm, cut that down further to fifty and then pick out three that will uh, actually be on the podium. And it, is it all uh, Danish cities? Does it have to be Danish cities, or is it? Yeah, it has to be in Denmark. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you've entered this in the in the past, mm -hmm. uh, have you actually won it, or have you have you actually come first, or? Yeah, I've won it. Uh, I think twice. And what's what's the kind of prizes they give for those kind of things over there? Well, it depends, you know, if it, what they can, uh, you know, do in, in terms of sponsorships. One year, uh, it was a Canon 5D Mark III, and uh, another year, it was a giant print, and that was all you got. <laughs> yeah, that's a big difference, isn't it? What, what's your day job, Dennis? Is it, are, are you a photographer? I think it's IT, right? Yeah, I'm an IT. I'm the CTO of a software company. Okay. So... What does what do you do with photography now in terms of is it purely a hobby? Is there some kind of income stream you make through it? I mean, primarily, I would say it's a hobby because it's something I do just because I enjoy it. But, you know, there are certain aspects where, where yeah, I can make a little bit of money on it. So, like, um, one thing I've started recently is doing these corporate exhibitions. So there, there's a few things you know, we can do there because apparently some large companies actually have arts councils. I mean, who knew that was a thing? Mm. Um, so right now I have an, an exhibition at a corporate headquarters where they rent uh, 32 of my prints. And then uh, at the end of it, they guarantee a minimum purchase. I mean, that sounds, that sounds quite fascinating, really. So you're, you're effectively hanging your prints there and then mm -hmm. presumably somebody could buy them. And if they don't buy them, then the, the, you know, you're guaranteed a certain amount of sales at the end. Yeah. Yeah, so the company will, will buy for a certain amount so they can uh, get a print and hang it in a meeting room or mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, but there's also a lot of eyes on, on these images as they hang in the lobby and meeting rooms and, and such. So uh, people can also, employees, partners, they can order directly from me. So I've also sold a few prints that way, which is quite fun. And, and so how, do you, how did something like that come about? Is it through an agency or you know, did you just... No, pure, pure good old nepotism. So I, I knew someone who uh, got employed by one of these corporations and was on one of their arts councils. And when the uh, the chairman the chairman quit his job, she was the one who took over, and so she pinged me, because apparently they had only had uh, like paintings and stuff like that. So they wanted to have some photography on the walls instead. And once you've sort of gotten in there and have that reference, uh, I found it quite easy to go to other companies and say, look, I've done this thing. Uh, how about we do it with you guys as well? I've kind of put, put my ears a little bit about that. That sounds like quite a good thing to, to try and get into. Um, if you, on a, on a kind of weekend, for example, weekend coming up now, what's your, uh, you and your partner go off for a wander around Copenhagen. What's your kind of raison d'etre to be shooting, I suppose? What are you looking for? What, 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 what grabs your attention I mean, my, my my reason is that I, I can't help it even if I don't have the camera with me I, I always try and see these scenes and I like telling these little uh, stories from the city of, of, of little moments uh, I mean, it can be pretty much anything I, I don't have um, what you say like a certain direction I go in if I see something and I think it's interesting or beautiful I will definitely shoot it so it doesn't matter if it's a, a you know a, a lamp post at night or it's a lion at the Copenhagen Zoo looking at me like I'm a snack. <laughs> well, I'm looking at that picture right now, actually, or a picture of a lion or a tiger on your mm -hmm. on your website, um, and it's really quite dramatic, isn't it? But the I, I love uh, the homepage of your website is wonderful because it's it's just a real mixture of images, but they're all very mm -hmm. strong images. And there's a couple that I, 
you know, kind of immediately draw, uh, I'm drawn to. Um, one is the, uh, the one of the sheep. I think that's wonderful because the sheep's just looking straight at you. Yeah, and she's uh, she's pregnant. When I took this photo, she was like a round cotton ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's this kind of enormous grey ball of wool in the middle of the screen. Um, and actually, the one next to it I like as well, the one with the uh, the trees in bloom, uh, blossom. Yeah, the cherry trees. This is uh, probably the most Instagram spot in Copenhagen at this point. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. It's that time of the year as well, isn't it? With those. Trees. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's wonderful. So, okay, so uh, I always ask a couple of questions towards the end for our guests. Um, one of them is, if you could spend a day shooting with any other photographer, mm -hmm. uh, alive or dead, who would it, who would it be? Uh, well, that would uh, probably be my old friend, uh, Sean Tuzen, who unfortunately passed away uh, in 2019, because he was one of the main reasons that I actually got into photography. So if I could have him back for just a day, that would be fantastic. But if I had to, if I had to go through to the bag of well-known photographers, I think uh, someone like Fred Herzog, I would... Uh, really like to just take a walk with yeah he's he was an interesting character wasn't he oh definitely uh, i have his book uh, modern color here on my desk i look in it all the time it's a great source of inspiration and i kind of see an element of that in your in your work um okay so what would you say to an, an 18 year old dennis i think i would probably say uh drink less shoot more <laughs> Yeah, okay. Well, I think that advice has come straight to me as well, actually. <laughs> Brilliant. All right, Dennis, that, that's, been, that's been great. Um, where can people find you on Instagram and, and websites and things like that? Yeah, you can uh, find me at uh, dennisskyam.com, which is uh, sort of my, my main platform. And then I have gotten back on Instagram. And where my old profile was Dennis Skyam, I've gone off the deep end and been really creative. So now my new profile name is dennis.skyam. Well done, it took a long time to think about that, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. yeah I, I workshopped that for a bit. <laughs> Drink less, shoot more wise words or sensible words, at the very least. Uh, thanks to uh, the incredible uh, Dennis Skyam. And of course, we'll link to his work on the, uh, the show notes today. We're spending a, a few months at least getting to know our friends of the show a little more. So if you have a story to share about your own photography, contact us today at click at fujicast.co.uk. That's the, uh, the email address, click at fujicast.co.uk If you like to delve into photographers' lives and understand them a little more, over on my other podcast, Photography Daily, we have two stories this week, which you can listen to only after you've listened to this and also, of course, our photo walk at uh, the end of the week, always on the Friday. So, today, Kara Mew will talk some more about her photography. Now, I know she was on here a short while back, but... There were a couple of things we discussed that we didn't, uh, well, we didn't really bring them out in the Fujicast chat. We talk about finding a chest of old photos that changed her life. When I came to the last section of the house that I was clearing, it was a huge chest under the stairs. Yeah. And the guy said to me, oh, it's just full of rubbish. It's, there's nothing decent in there. But it was absolutely filled with photographs. And we talk more and expand on the subject of shooting for yourself. It's something we've been we've been delving into really the last couple of weeks in particular and the relationship we have with Instagram. I think that we do very much live in this very highly polished Instagram world yeah. where we like to look pretty and we like to look attractive. We don't call it art anymore, we call it content. I hate that. Why are we talking about people's work and like artwork as content? And then on Wednesday, Rick Finler is with me. Now he shoots stories as an independent photojournalist, which means he finds stories that he thinks the world needs to know about and see such as the female skiing team based on the little-known ski slopes of Afghanistan, tucked away from prying eyes who would seek to derail the whole thing, possibly. And it's jobs like this that don't exactly come risk-free. The risk of running into either a, a, a Taliban checkpoint or, or a, you know, a, a militia or, or just some bandits that wanted to uh, wanted to rob you and things is, is quite high, but... As long as you don't run into those those sorts of things, then then you're fine. And and we were lucky enough to, to get back to Kabul and um, back in time for me to catch my flight uh, to to back to England. Really fascinating story and stories actually from Rick Finlay this Wednesday. 
Photography Daily is all about the thing we do and think about daily, whether we're shooting or not. It's all about photography, and it's available on all podcast platforms and at photographydaily.show. Right, questions. Oh, on, on, on the questions front, do keep sending them in because uh, we are a bit shallow in some of the... Uh, so, so <laughs> careful how I say that in in some of the files now. So, click at fujicast.co.uk, uh, or you can go, of course, through the uh, the Facebook um, group and leave a question in there. Uh, Book of the week coming shortly. Do you want to go with a, with a question first, Kev? What yeah, you, have you got one? Uh, have you got yes, one, Kev? Uh, you threw me a bit there. I was uh, very busy you were reading your book, glancing you? through the pictures. I, know, um, I could tell. <laughs> I think right. we're going to have a lot to say about this because there's a lot of drunken exploits in this book coming up. <laughs> this question is from uh, John Almonte again. Um, will Fujifilm make any budget-friendly cine lenses in the future? I'd love to see some Fuji uh, cine lenses similar in size to the SLR Magic Micro Primes. Yeah. Uh, if they can put a chip in them, then uh, that sets, lets the camera record EXIF data, etc. even better. Yeah. Good question. Wow. Yeah, well, you, you will know the answer to this, not me. Uh, well, I don't know the answer. Ah. I, I really don't know whether they would or or can do. I, what I do know is the cine lenses that they do have, um, uh, you know, the high-end kind of uh, T-stop lenses, mm. are uh, do very well for Fujifilm. Um, but you know, a lot of a lot of the big budget um, Netflix and all that kind of stuff in the UK is is filmed a lot with Fujifilm cine lenses. Mm. But mostly, it's a higher base system. So yeah, I mean. I don't know. I, it, more and more people I have seen more people using the the cine lenses on XT fours and stuff for filming. Right. Um, but of course they are really really expensive. You know, if they could make a cheaper one, I'm sure they would. But whether you would end up compromising on the difference and the ne- and the need, would there be a need? Isn't there enough difference between the uh, standard XX f lenses and the cine lenses to justify the R and D, the marketing, the cost? Because it would cost a lot of money, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. The, uh, I, I do not know the answer. Um, I see your your point. What is the state of the uh, the industry at the moment, Kev? Do you know? Do, I mean, you you obviously have have ears close to the ground. You know, the, the companies are they going to pull through this period? Okay. Uh, yeah, I think it's been tricky. I have to say. I think, uh, in fairness, I think Fujifilm have done have been very clever in releasing quite a lot of stuff during yeah. this time because it's it's helping with cash flow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think generally the sales of cameras and technology like that is down mm. quite substantially over the last few years. Um, and do you blame that purely on the pandemic, no. or, or is there a little bit of uh, mobile technology going yeah. on here as well? There's all kinds of things at play. I mean, we're looking at we, you know we are coming to the end of the DSLR lifespan. That's that's slowly being moved out, um, and you know mirrorless is 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 the future for all of the manufacturers. But you still have, you know, you still have a lot of uh, legacy stuff there. You still have a lot of very um, heavy lifting equipment that's that's mm. people still, you know, perhaps want to use. And the market, the industry has changed. The market needs to change with it. I don't know. I mean, will there still be? Is there enough space for five, the five big players in the mirrorless marketplace? Yeah. One of them, I think, will. At some stage, you're going to look at. Yeah, I suppose if. You can look at them and think, well, why do I need that one when that one does everything that that one does? Panasonic struggled, you know. Yeah, they did. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Olympus, gone, effect mm. for all intents and purposes. Nikon seemed to be have the one struggling. Olymp- Olympus? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, still they've around? Not, yeah, they're still around, but they're not, I think they've said they're not going to be making... Not the powerhouse. Not doing, they're not going to be making the stuff that, that they used to. Um, you know, I, yeah, I, I mean, it's hard, isn't it? And, and of course, you've still, you've also got, you know what it's like in China, they, I'm very surprised that right now we haven't had an influx of Chinese camera manufacturers. Right. Uh, you know, there's you've got monitors, you've got sound, everything. Everything, yeah. Well, I mean, Huawei is slightly different because they are a premium company. I feel, yeah. but you know, the cheap, the cheap end stuff. You know, the microphones and all that kind of stuff yeah. and whatever. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very surprised that no, they didn't do we, haven't, we haven't had that from I China why yet. They didn't. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's not worth it. Maybe I, I'm really. I'm just thinking out loud. I'm, you yeah. know, I don't know. Hmm. But but yeah, Morris Webster. Uh, this is more a comment, really, um, than, a, than a question, or may, maybe a, a book to think about. As always, gents, many thanks for the consistently entertaining podcast. 
Uh, just a quick note to thank you for the latest book recommendation. To my shame, Tony Ray Jones is a new name to me. Um, but it's interesting, isn't it? That you know, sometimes. You, you when was this? This is uh, a little while ago. <laughs> We haven't talked about Tony Richards. Well, we, we haven't, but I, I am digging very deep into my my uh, my my stuff here now. But look, having looked at a, <laughs> but having looked at the American color images, I was reminded of Ernst Hass, uh, yes. New York color yes. fifty-two to sixty-two, which is one of my fave books. Yeah, do you have this in your extensive collection? I Kev? think subsequently we t- we discussed that one. Did we? I think. I think I do have it, so I'm sure that we did that one. Or maybe, maybe you, uh, I don't remember doing this uh, comment, but maybe you saw this and you went out and bought it, so you did. Mm, I'm not sure, but I don't remember seeing this this comment either. But but yes, I think we did. And uh, and you're right, though. It, there is a, there's definitely a um, similarity, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Ernst Hast and uh, Tony Ray Jones. Oof. So um, well, this seems a, a good time to talk about the book. You see, that was my that was my plan. That was my kind of dovetail dovetailing into into the book. And well done, linking, 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 linking. So I'm learning, Kev. <laughs> I might one day be good enough to be on your station. <laughs> <laughs> you can come on the dead, dead dog radio. Dead dog radio. Okay, this week's book is uh, Stags, Hens, and Bunnies: yes, A Blackpool yes. Story. Now we actually saw him talk about this in the Cronks, didn't we? With 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 Shilling. Um, he he came and did a talk about it. Yeah, was it about this book? Was it about this series he was talking it, no, about? No, I don't generally? think it was about. I think it was more general. So now Doogie Wallace is a little bit like I think um, uh, Marmite. You either love his stuff or you don't. So it's a very Gildenesque thing again, isn't it? it? It's very Gildenesque. It's very much in your face. He's very very successful, yeah. Doogie Wallace. Yeah. I mean, there, there's. Um, the Harrodsburg book was made into a documentary on BBC. Was, um, yeah. He's had a couple of documentaries on BBC. Uh, however, he does not go... Um, he's not mean-spirited in any way, shape or form. He tells it as it is. Yeah. Um, now, from the bump on the um, on the, on the the inner side, it says, uh, Dougie, Dougie Wallace doesn't uh, patronise but sees humanity and pathos in the yeah. carnage at his Blackpool. And that's a quote from Irving Welsh. And then Dougie Wallace has captured Blackpool in all its... Pl- Profligate. <laughs> Word of the day. Doogie, I'm going to try and say it as a grown-up. Doogie Wallace has captured Blackpool in all its profligate glory. <laughs> I just want to say profiterole. If you want, want to say profiterole, Kev, <laughs> shove in the word. Doogie Wallace has captured Blackpool in all its profiterole glory. McGee, <laughs> uh, uh, oh, Blackpool, Blackpool has an unenviable reputation for its stags, hens, parties. Unenviable? Uh, no, it says unenviable. Yeah, yeah, I suppose it is an unenviable well, reputation. I don't know, really. because it's, 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 it's built a whole sort of, well, prior to the war, it, it built a whole reputation. and I, w- I would imagine it's big business there uh, it's for big a lot business. of people. It is, but maybe it yeah. would put it might put Andy Maud and Uncle Joan Jack off going on That's the weekend. True. He yeah, says yeah, it yeah, says every probably. weekend marauding packs of brides and grooms, yeah. close friends and family overflow its streets on a mission to consume dangerous liver crushing levels of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> this God, their they, right of correct. <laughs> this is their right of passage acted out yeah. on the last night of freedom before the conventions and responsibilities of marital life, mortgage, this, this, children. This, this last night of freedom thing is a lot of old tosh these days, isn't it? Because then, then the lads all, oh, we've done that one. Should we meet up next week, Stubby? We'll go do it all again after the wedding. Yeah, go on then. Yeah. It's um, usually about six months before as well these days, isn't it? Yeah. Dougie yeah. Wallace has captured the town heaving yes. with everything from bunny girls to banana men, <laughs> girls dressed in togas, all matching gold handbags and mm. neatly done hair, giving it the when in Rome treatment. Mm. Devil girls, pink ladies, brownies, guys in drags, stuffed into nuns and nurses' outfits. Mm. Uh, wearing salacious t-shirts so you get the idea right stags hens and bunnies it is a fly on the wall um series of images shot over a few months i believe uh, there is a documentary about this as well uh, and it is a guilty pleasure for sure you know you will have seen you probably people most of you will have uh, for our american friends a stag party is a bachelor party yeah i don't know what they call hen parties in in america uh, confetti is not or something uh, no idea however i would imagine they probably don't have this kind of behavior no um so we've got pictures it's all color it's all flashed it's all um it's very in your face it's very in your face yeah. there's not um I, I i don't want to kind of take away from um this is not the subtle art of documentary photography doogie's ability to get the moment is yes, incredible it is um 
but I don't think he's kind of worrying too much about uh, you know background clutter and all that kind of stuff, um, which you, you just wouldn't need to in this kind of right. image. You know, we've got there is one picture which is the famous one, um, well the most famous one I should say. Um, on the front cover, probably, isn't it? It's uh, no, they, I don't think they would put that on the front cover. Might not. <laughs> oh, it's a different. <laughs> Might not get on the bookshelf. Right. <laughs> uh, where is it? Anyway, it's it's of a guy uh, totally um, wrapped up in cellophane right. to a lamppost, right? With uh, obviously nothing else on. Right. So his trousers around his ankles. He's wrapped there. It is. He's wrapped up in cellophane Let's have a look at, to, oh, a lamp, uh, to a lamppost. Poor guy. Um, his. Uh, Did this ever happen to you on your stag party? <laughs> I had two stags. Uh, two yeah, two a, marriages. Two a, stags. A practice stag. Um, yeah. So no, it didn't. Or we did go to Newcastle, which was quite funny. Hmm. Um, there was a kebab incident. Anyway, the um, <laughs> talking of kebabs, we got here on page thirty-one. Late night, um, the, all the hens, the, yeah. some of them are in massive arguments with each other. One of them <laughs> looks like she's about to lamp the other one. into oh, a, no. into a oh. food. The other one's wolfing down this uh, kebab. this kebab, which is probably half horse, half dog. See, I, I, this is another thing that uh, American listeners um, will um, will probably never have experienced: is the late night dirty kebab. Yeah. From from Gassans usually around our way. Look at this. So this one here, this is great. There's a couple of they're all dressed up as police women, right? Um, as you do, and and they're having a late night kebab. This one, one of them's having a pizza. And next door is her handcuffs. She's the bride because she's got the big um, uh, what do they call those things that that, that go across them? What it says bride on it? A sash. Sash. Yeah. She's got the sash, but the one the girl opposite her <laughs> has got she got a police uniform on. Yeah. Um, and she's got her tights that are all ripped and everything. Right. And she's obviously fallen over because she's got a massive gashed oh, no, knee. Look. So she's she's taken a tumble somewhere down the line. Um, well, it wouldn't want to be a first aider. Or, um, well, there, there a, you go. A, Talking a of first aider. Oh, look. The Blackpool Street Angels. Yeah, they are. They are. Yeah, they're out there helping people. Um, I don't know what's going on there, but it's something to do with the shoe. But then on the next page... Is a guy who just looks like he's folded and fallen over, and that's it. He's out for the night. Yeah, he's totally out for the night. He's got no clothes on on yep. his bottom. There's a there's a guy who's dressed as a woman, um, trying to help him, and there's another guy hitting him with a, a crutch. <laughs> and then there's these two women who are part, part of a different um, a different party, I think, walking by, dressed up as uh, well. I'm not sure what you would call those. Um, yeah. things uh, there's an essence of vulgarity to this isn't there there is because you, you look at it and you think this is just pictures of people look you know who will really not want one of these pictures ever to surface of them in the future like this in this condition yeah so that sort of you know I, so that brings us back to the is it right is it right is it yeah i think it is personally right yeah uh if you don't want pictures of you like that don't behave like that yeah that's my take on You're life. not necessarily expecting Doogie Wallace to suddenly appear and make you send well, a spread in his book. No, but my grandmother might be there. She will be upset. Is your grandma out doing this? Uh, no, well, she's dead, actually. But, right. but you know, th- what I'm saying is, you know, if you're going to behave like that then you, yeah. you, and you're in public, yeah. then you should expect it. But I, I totally agree with you. There is, I would imagine that the pictures that have been selected for this are the ones that are most shocking. Yeah. There will be plenty of pictures, or perhaps he would not have taken of them having a nice quiet drink yeah. and behaving perfectly normal. Um, so yes, there is, uh, you know, it is, it is there to shock. Yeah. Um, however, I think it's very entertaining and it's very, very authentic. Mm. Oh god, there's no doubt about that. You know, it's totally authentic. And if you think that he's just had to go in search of this, I have been uh, down that Blackpool strip. Um, uh, and I, I've seen uh, it, it's not difficult to go find these stories no but you, then you've got to be quite brave to make pictures of the story what the hell is happening in that one uh, so that's a guy who's no got- maybe don't say okay um, yeah <laughs> I didn't know you could do that <laughs> <laughs> only in Blackpool apparently oh, um, so listen it is right um, it is one of those books that if you are you know if you want to really kind of get a, a sense of what goes on there yeah. and, and you're uh, you're fairly open-minded then then it's for you um it's not a you're not going to look at these pictures and think there's art in that you're going to look at these pictures and think uh wow that's you know yes yeah. yeah, that's that's nitty-gritty that's 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 real life um, it is for sure uh, very gildan-esque in that respect yes yes um so fact, it's, it's not really par-esque at all because no, 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 martin no, wouldn't no, do no, pictures no. like this would he his, his pictures um 
are a lot a lot more gentle or genteel. Uh, I don't think this is this is. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you can compare it to that, but but Gildan for sure, and others. There are others that shoot yeah. like this as well, yeah. um, you know. And if you look at the documentary, I think it's called Harrodsburg. Uh, it's a, it, he he hangs around outside Harrods. That's right. He gets pictures of the, of the blokes in the Ferraris and yeah, the Arabs and things like that. Yeah, and, and he's yeah. got a double with the money, double flashed camera. Yes. So he's got a camera on yes. the top, a lens on the a flash on the top, and a flash on the bottom. Oh, so he handholds. On the no, bo- on the oh, camera. actually screwed to the bottom. Yeah, so he's got two flashes. Good heavens! Yeah, and he That's... leans into these Ferraris and and you know takes a snap of the bang of the guy and then runs away, <laughs> basically. Um, and there's there's a lot of confrontation in that film. Actually, uh, it will be. It's you take watching. a risk doing that with some people around about that. I mean, some of them have got bodyguards. Yeah, absolutely. Go get that photographer. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, yeah, so it is definitely Marmite. As I said, some people will love it, some people will hate it. Yeah. Um, he was very entertaining to watch. Yeah, to listen to with his yeah. stories. Although he was very in himself, quite gentle. I thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. Scottish, yeah. Um, you know, kind of nice melodic nice Scottish voice to him yeah, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, there's a book for you. Um, just don't show it to the kids. <laughs> um, Christopher James, dear Neil, dear Kev, I can't believe you've run out of questions. The lifeblood of the show. Um, but um, he, he's got a question here. It's about snaps versus pictures. It only struck me last week listening to... Uh, I was listening to me, actually, talking on, on one of my daily photo walks on Photography Daily. Um, some of uh, some of your photos, Neil, from those walks are really lovely. It was very kind of you. So why brush them off as snaps? I was sufficiently discombu- discombobulated... Discom- that's a lovely word. Discombobulated to go away. Profiterole. Profiterole it. To go away <laughs> and Google the term. And came across a, a, a recent F-Stoppers article on the question, snaps versus photographs. I, I did have a look, but I realise this is an age-old question, but for two doc wedding photographers whose beautiful work often captures really fleeting moments using professional mode on the camera, why are those pictures and other photos you take snaps in your mind? Well, you know, for a long time, you used to call yourself a snapshotographer, but I, I always wondered whether you were doing that because somebody else had been a bit... A bit derisory of yeah, of, of your work, and you were kind of having a, a kind of clever dig back. Yeah, I was. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we said last week, didn't we? I said, "Crocodile snap." Photographers take photos. Yeah, make pictures. Yeah. Uh, snap. Yeah. Snap is not a word you like. I know. Well, my book was called "From Snapshots to Great Shots." It was the X one hundred one. Yeah. Yes, it was. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I don't know if the, I, I don't know what's behind that link in the, in the article. But for me, I, I think we do. You know, a snap for me is something I might randomly take on my phone of you know the back of the mm. Wi-Fi router because I need the password again. You know that kind of thing. That's what I class as a snap. A snap. Um, but pretty much every photo that's got anything that I think I'm taking this picture because I want to remember something in the future rather than, you know, functionality, Yeah. then I think is a photograph. And it doesn't have to be – it's a bit like Weekend Warriors. You know, I hate that. You hate that term. No, I, don't I, I hate that term. I don't like the phrase. No. But, but it's interesting. He says, what is a special secret source? Because I'm trying to find a picture here from Marissa Roth. Now, I love Marissa Roth's uh, photography, and I've spoken to her again for the Photography Daily podcast. But – I'm looking at projects here. Here we go. Let's look at uh, Infinite wow. Light Tibet. That's okay. good, isn't it? So Infinite Light Tibet. This is a project. Um, she made two trips to Tibet and uh, wanted to try and get an understanding or a feeling about how how the people of Tibet feel about their country. And um, so now she does shoot and she can shoot very good documentary work. Um, she's a very good news photojournalist. But as you look through this collection... Um, you could say, that, does this fall into the snap? Because there are some snaps here and there, but these are very much pictures of things. But are they? what makes a snap? And what makes a picture like, say, that, this, this is very difficult to describe, that appears within the pages of a very well-received book, which I might add the Dalai Lama himself wrote the foreword for? Uh, yeah, I, I just don't. I, snaps for me are not like they don't exist. Mm. I, it's yeah. I mean, people say it, it, the worst thing is is the press. Yes. Press the press refer to it as snaps, snaps yeah. all the time. Which is very derogatory. I just phrase. I just don't think they they really yeah. is a thing. You know, it's yeah. Pictures. Every picture is, is worth a. As for Cause me, for thought. as for me, brushing them off as snaps, I think that's that typical British um, self-derogatory thing yeah. that, that I think yeah. <laughs> I practice. Well, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. I think you know, yes, it yeah. is. Right, question from you, Kev. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, question for each of you. This is from Mark Hall. Might be the last one. Yes, he says, Kevin, if you could build your perfect X Pro Four, what mm. would it consist of? And yeah. Neil, if you could build your perfect XH Two, what would it consist of? Oh, wow. 
Straight away, the X-H2, it would have an XLR, some sort of breakout box that screws underneath that uh, becomes an XLR um, thing for the sound. So it would all, all it would be all about the bass, all about the codec, um, all about the sound um, compression and stuff. So that that's something I like. There's not a lot about the XH one. I don't like really. I'm, I'm. It, it's all about for me. It's all about sound. It's about mm. sound. I mean, it's got it's got an image, in body image stabilization. Obviously. What about things like um, being able to monitor the the, the video, um, the better LCDs, EVFs, all that well, kind of stuff. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna eight K filming. I'm gonna propose. Well, eight K. I'm not that bothered about. Um, oh, they said that about four K. Yeah. I remember those days. Yeah. HD. Why would you want to be anything other than HD? I'd rather have a much uh, better frame per second um, FP, uh, on um, slow mo. On slow mo for four K. Yeah. That's what I would rather have. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to enter a slightly. Um, I know you're not going to like this. Stand by. I'd like to see a flippy screen on it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that would be. It's it's made for videoing. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense for that to have a, a self monitoring monitor. Yeah. That makes sense. Self-monitoring monitor. Uh, X Pro Four. What would you change about that then, or or have on that one? Not change, but have. I don't know. We had this kind of conversation a few months back, and I was I was very scratching my head at at what they can do to make the next set of cameras better. I think we're going to be moving into new sensor technology. Yes. So this this fabled global sensor that everybody seems to talk about, nobody seems to know about. Global sensor. Global organic sensor. Okay. Um, Well, that sounds a bit. Mm. Like it's made out of human tissue. And then I think, yeah, technology, 5G, Wi-Fi. I don't know. I really I, I really struggle with that answer. Yeah. You, you, I'd you... like it if it could make a cup of tea. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. Kev wants a cup of tea. I want a flippy out screen and, um, and better slow-mo. Job done. Right, that's it. Thank you um, very much for joining us this week. Um, You can share the episode on Twitter or Facebook. You will be an absolute star. See you in that Facebook group for any questions you have about today's show. But while we were talking about questions, yes, we do need them. We need them. We need them. We need them. They are the fuel for the show, the lifeblood of the show. I haven't said that for so long. Uh, But they really are. So um, you've got two ways of doing that. You can either join in on Kev's thread. That sounds... I'm going to make a new one. Are you? Yeah. A new Kev thread? A new Kev thread. I'm going to close this one. I'm going to make a new one. So watch out for the new Kev thread in Facebook. Right. Okay. Well, the new Kev thread in Facebook. Or you can uh, continue to email in. I um, always a joy to receive your emails to click at fujicast.co.uk. Um, we should do some uh, new Patreon mentions over the next couple of weeks. Uh, yes. We should do music from Blue Wednesday, supporting music from the incredible artlist.io. And if you'd like to uh, see any of the stuff that we've uh, we've talked about, I haven't mentioned this for a couple of weeks either, uh, Kev makes make some great show notes. So do go to the website show page. Yes, although that will be changing soon as well. Squarespace. Yes. Squarespace. In the future. Yeah. Big job, though. So, uh, well, yes, it is. Right, well, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The Fujicast is an independent Loading Zone production. Email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click at fujicast.co.uk. Email any complaints and political nonsense to our wives who will deal with your comments in their own good time and in their own good way.